following resource is from Welford Baptist Church. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Welford Church Podcast. Uh, this is the second interview that we're doing today. Um, and sitting across the table from me is Pastor Mike Stokes. Pastor Mike, how you doing? Doing great. Good, good. Well, it's good to have you. I'm glad that you're able to, to be a part uh, and to join us. And kind of the reason for this is to maybe share a little bit about ourselves. Uh, Carl is actually going to interview me. I was beginning to wonder how I was going to interview myself, but um, Carl is actually going to be in control of that interview. Um, but the purpose for this is for our church to, to get to know a little bit more about us, maybe some things they didn't know, maybe some things they already knew, and also for us to just sit down and have a conversation and to encourage uh, the church that we're a part of and and maybe um, it'll be supplementary to someone else who maybe isn't a part of our church and it will encourage them as well. Um, I did this with Pastor Carl. We're going to open up with a scripture reading, a prayer, and then we'll get into uh, the conversation. Uh, the scripture reading today is from John chapter 4. Uh, this is the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, uh, the Samaritan woman. And I, I want to begin in verse 10 and just read uh, from there on. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked of him, and he would have given you water of life. The woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From where then have you the water of life? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well? And he himself drank of it from it, and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never be thirsty again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Let's pray. God, we do thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you for this time. We ask that you would come and bless this time as we sit down and have a conversation. Uh, so appreciate Pastor Mike and him giving up his time to be with us and to be with me today and to do this interview. And Lord, we just thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for him giving himself for us, dying on a cross for our sins, and God imputing that righteousness to us and giving us an everlasting relationship with you. And it's by grace through faith that these things happen, that that relationship happens. And so, Lord, we just praise you today, and we thank you for this time. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, Pastor Mike, um, I wanted to begin kind of you explaining your ministry here, uh, the role that God has you here in this church. How would you best define that, and um, what is the ministry that you're involved in here at the church? Well, my official title is... Uh uh, administrative and discipleship pastor and um, that uh, has been my title for for several years now but I've been at the church uh, on staff for uh, and off staff for uh, 32 years now so that that role has uh, has changed over the years um, uh, most recently I've been uh, more involved with uh, with the music ministry and that kind of thing, and planning the services and and uh, leading our our worship team. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to to speak to that for just a moment. Um, you know, as someone who's been here for so long, 
you don't really see that too often anymore. Um, I think personally within churches, people kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, someone who's involved in the church for 32 years, um, in ministry, on staff at the church, off of staff, still here. Um, could you speak to kind of growing up, um, or excuse me, the beginning? How were you called here? Was it a youth ministry role? Was it music? Or where did it all begin for you here at Welfare Baptist? Uh, well, for me, it began in 1989, and uh, I had been serving at a, at a church in Greer as a as a an interim uh, temporary uh, position there in the youth and uh, activities ministry. And uh, when that ended, I was working in the secular world and full-time and uh, got a call kind of out of the blue one night um, uh, from John Moore, uh, who was a pastor here uh, back in the 80s, late 80s. And, um, and uh, I had known him from a, from a, from a youth retreat that I had gone on and uh, he spoke at. And um, so uh, that's how we got to be uh, on staff here well for part-time youth ministry at that time awesome awesome um, I want to talk about your family for a second you are a husband to Stacy and you have two daughters Reagan and Katie um, talk about what it's like to be a husband to Stacy and to be a daughter or excuse me to be a father uh, to those two girls that you have that God's blessed you with well that's been a, that's been a blessing they they both grew up uh, both our girls grew up I, I tease uh, people and I say that they were both born up in the youth room because they, <laughs> were, uh, they came to Welford um, from, the, from the time they were uh, infants and, um, and so it's been a joy raising them and then seeing them become adults and uh, being out on their own and even now having their own families and uh, so that's been a, uh, quite an experience. And you are a grandfather. Is it? Is it Grandpa, Pappy, Papa? Okay, yeah. okay. I, I see the smile on your face. I know people are listening. Uh, you seem like a proud Papa. <laughs> yeah, people say. Uh, you know, all my everybody says. All my friends that are grandparents say, "Just wait till you're a grandparent. Wait till you're a grandparent. You'll never, uh, you'll never uh, love somebody like you love your granddaughter or your grandchild." And so, it's not that I didn't believe them on that, but. Uh, I don't think anybody understands that until it happens to you. Yeah. And, uh, but that's just a special, uh, special thing. Um, just, just difficult to explain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of family life, um, growing up, what was it like for you? Uh, you know, I talked with Carl, and, and I'm going to talk with the rest of the staff. Um, did your family go to church? What does your family dynamic look like? Um, were you always involved in church growing up? Uh, when did you come in faith in Christ? Uh, talk about how you grew up, maybe in church or out of church or kind of in church. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like for you growing up? No, it was, it was a blessing for me to be a, a second, third, fourth generation Christian and growing up in a, in a Christian home and growing up in, in church. I told someone the other day um, that whenever I stayed with my grandparents um, on the weekend sometimes, uh, my grandfather, uh, his, he was faithful to um, volunteer to go over to the church on Saturday nights and turn all the heating and air on. Uh, and so I would, um, 
I would, as a as a young child, I would go up there with him, and he'd walk around with his flashlight in the dark in the church, and you know, spooky to me. And it was, <laughs> big, it was a big old church, and we'd be down in basements that I didn't even know existed. But, uh, <laughs> but um, growing up as a as a second generation Christian, um, I think is uh, was was a privilege. Um, uh, and you asked me when I when I came to faith. Uh, in some ways, I think that uh, being a second generation Christian is different than somebody that didn't grow up in church, because um, in, a, in some senses, there's um, there's never a time in your life that you didn't believe in Jesus. Mm. You, you understood. You grew up. Uh, I guess by the time you're conscious of things of, of what you know you had already been taught Bible stories um, and those kind of things um, and I think sometimes we try to force uh, people into a mold and say your your Christian experience or coming to Christ has to look like this mm. but I think God uses different things to bring people to faith in him in different ways and Amen. so uh, so in, in a sense, there's always there's never been a time that I didn't know about Jesus mm. um, and didn't understand those things. My, my dad read me Bible stories uh, every night before I went to bed. I still have the the Bible story book that he that he read to me from. Um, but uh, but then there were definitely uh, moments in time when when my when my my faith or my my relationship with Christ um, took a took a a quantum leap, maybe if you'd say, um, mm-hmm. where my either my my understanding or my faith um, uh, or my understanding of my sin uh, uh, reached another level, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's hard to pinpoint exactly when. I'm, I know when I was baptized and when I made right. a, a public profession and. Uh, of faith in Christ but um, it's hard to pinpoint um, exactly when I may have crossed that line Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you talk about you know moments in your faith where you took a quantum leap you know whether it was an understanding of your sin a deeper understanding of your sin Um, I wanted to talk about you know your college years and and later on you went to seminary Uh, we'll get to that in a moment but were some of those quantum leaps in college were they just Certainly, maybe during seminary, or was it just kind of as you were studying along, as you were being taught, as you were preaching, or as you were studying yourself? When were, if you could pinpoint maybe uh, or not, um, what were some of those quantum moments? You know, when did you see or begin to understand your sin a little bit deeper? Uh, was it in seminary? Was it in college? Or was it just kind of a gradual thing? I think it's probably uh, in those uh, high school, college years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think everybody, um, uh, and get, getting back to second generation Christians, people that grow up in the church and come to faith at a very early age, um, that faith has to take on an adult understanding mm-hmm. uh, because ultimately um, Christianity um becomes an adult faith and mm. and not that that 
children can't be saved, can't have faith, they most certainly are, can, and uh, and that kind of thing. But but it becomes uh, an adult understanding of of um, of what my uh, uh, what my sin um, really is. Mm. You know, it's one thing to understand that you have uh, uh, told a lie uh, to your parents mm. um, and that that's wrong. It's another um, uh, thing to understand that not only have I told a lie, I'm a liar. <laughs> um, and, and, and my default mode is sin. Mm-hmm. And, and so understanding that on an adult level, um, probably uh, the, even that happens maybe in stages. Uh, yeah. as, you're, as, you're a, as, a, as an adolescent, mm-hmm. uh, high school, uh, early adult years, or um, uh, even later on in life. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want you to go back to maybe a youth pastor mindset, a, a youth minister mindset. Um, we talk about seminary, we talk about college, and, and you were someone that, that went to seminary kind of later on um, in life. You didn't necessarily go straight from college into seminary. Um, if you were to give advice to a student, uh, junior, senior in high school, um, about going to college, uh, and maybe even thinking about attending seminary, maybe later on in life or directly after college, what would be some advice that you would give them as they prepare for college, as they prepare for seminary? Because I know those are kind of two different things, but maybe we'll start with college first and then work about seminary. Um, what would be some advice that you would give a student? Just any student? Any student that's that's going to college. It's a student that's maybe, we'll say it's a student that's grown up here, like you were saying, it's maybe second, third generation Christian family has known about Jesus um, their entire life. What advice would you give them as they go to college? Um, I think get involved in the Christian organization. Um, I didn't. I did not go to a Christian college, mm. um, uh, but I was involved with a Christian organization uh, there at college, um, and so you can you can. Find the right people to hang out with at uh, at a Christian college, or the wrong people to hang out at a Christian <laughs> college, and the same thing in a in a secular university. And sure. uh, and so God blessed me through that. And so I would just say, you know, um, of course, you know, these days um, uh, is college is becoming more and more expensive, mm. and. Um, uh, uh, you have to weigh whether whether it's worth it to, to, to pay that uh, mm. to go to college. It depends on what you uh, want to do vocationally. Um, so I would I would not go to college just for the sake of going to college. Sure, um, sure. But um, because it's such a big investment. But um, uh, yeah, if you decide that, that college is for you, then uh, go wherever uh, offers a, a degree and and what you want to do mm. and. Um, and, and then realize that that may not be what you yeah. end up doing for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but God will work those things out. And um, Absolutely. I know talking to Carl, um, he had mentioned that he went to school and did technology and um, you know sold Apple computers before he went to um, 
excuse me, he took, I think he got associates or he got some schooling in, in technology and then he sold Apple computers for a time before he went back to college and then went on to seminary after that. Um, your story is a little bit different. You went from high school to college and then college you went. Is it um, What happened after college? Because I know, like I said, you went to seminary. I know you've been involved in the church. What was life like after college? Uh, well, for me, um, I was... I was at college at Clemson my, my senior year and, you know, my last semester and trying to decide uh, what to do as far as interviewing for jobs and those kind of things. And then I just got a phone call um, uh, out of the blue from somebody I didn't know at a church that, that they had heard. It was in my hometown and um, and uh, they asked if I would be a, interested in being a, a interim youth minister and mm-hmm. I had spent my college years uh, in uh, working at RA camp uh, mm-hmm. and so that was sort of youth ministry and I worked with the older kids there and uh, so that was kind of a natural thing for me to say yeah that sounds like a great uh, uh, thing to do right now and so that lasted for a couple of years and then um, uh, then God led us here and uh, and so that uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Just after college. Yeah, well, after college. Yeah, that's where kind yeah. of things. That's, uh, <laughs> and, and of course, we got married uh, uh, during that time. Uh, shortly after I graduated. And uh, did you meet Stacy at Clemson? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, now you've been, like you said earlier, you've been involved in this church for thirty-two years. Um, it will be 33 this year, or is it 32 this year? Uh, June of 89, whatever that is. <laughs> okay. I think it's 32 if my math is right. Um, but you've been involved in this church for, for quite a while. Um, and I wanted you to speak to, you know, if you if you think back for a while, and I asked Carl this, this question too, um, What's a story, a funny story, as that deals with ministry here at the church? Um, maybe it's one, maybe it's two that you think back and you laugh at all the time. You know, you, you talk with members here, and you you maybe go back to that story. Um, what's what's a story that kind of stands out that would be a funny story? You know, he he had shared maybe while you're thinking he had shared um, he was a youth pastor and they went to a retreat and uh, they for some reason, devised the plan, um, him and his leaders, to tell their students that a prisoner had escaped from jail and that he was known for carrying chains around. And they went and bought a, a chain link, not a chain link fence, but just a chain. Carl got into the attic. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they, you know, the leaders told the story. And as they're telling the story, his foot, as he's trying to go through the attic, goes through the roof. And he's shaking the chain, and he said that the students just went crazy, you know, because they're buying into the story and everything. What's well, kind of a ministry story that maybe not necessarily is the same thing, but just kind of stands out to you that's kind of funny? Oh, I don't know. I think some of the things is uh, uh, one of the things that happens when you've been here uh, so long is you see people uh, that I had um, in the youth group that are now uh, deacons and leaders in the church, and um, uh, um, and so just some some mischievous things that they did as youth uh, that I, I now see in their kids uh, is pretty good. And then 
Um, another thing is whenever I, uh, um, so when I was a, uh, when I was in youth ministry, people like Hunter Fowler, Johnny Owens, those guys were teenagers. Um, and, uh, and then after, um, after the youth ministry, uh, period was over and I was, on staff in another role, I was very involved with the senior adults. And uh, so, um, for instance, um, uh, the, uh, um, like Amber Johnson and Jay Byers, uh, that a lot of people know that's Carrie and Judy's uh, daughter, was in my youth group. And then a few years later, uh, Red and Elsie Johnson were in a senior <laughs> adult group, and so I always made a joke of I called the same people: uh, uh, Carrie Johnson, Fred Cohen, uh, when their kids get in trouble or when their parents get in trouble on, on church trips. And so uh, uh, that was uh, that was kind of a neat experience to be involved with, with multiple generations sure. uh, in the church like that. Sure, I know. Um there's, there's one member here specifically, uh, Chelsea Compton, who I've known since she was really young. And um, she's now, I believe, 21 and driving. Uh, and you see some of the students. Um, I remember when we first came here to the church, uh, Maggie Till was in the seventh grade. And now she's in a freshman in college at Clemson University. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of funny to look back and to see you know, the generations grow and, and the young people grow up and it makes yourself feel kind of old. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of, of, of the ministry here at the church um, and just how involved you've been, you talked about taking on you know different opportunities, God leading you in certain directions, youth ministry to begin with and then ministry to deal with the senior adults um, and now taking on music ministry is, is something you're more involved in now. And, and maybe, you know, you see that out of necessity, but you also understand that God's maybe calling you in that direction as well. Um, how, how do you, as a, as a person who's on staff at church, when, when God calls you, whether it's to youth ministry or, um, you know, discipleship ministry or music ministry, speak to how God maybe pushes you in that direction um, is it just a door of opportunity that opens up and you see that and you pursue that and you pray about it? How, how is that decision kind of made for you to take on those roles? Because like I said, you, you've taken on several roles here within the church, um, music ministry recently. So speak to how maybe God is pushing you in those directions. Is it uncomfortable when those things happen or is it mostly just kind of comfortable? <laughs> well, I think, first of all, that God calls us to ministry. Mm. Um, uh, and then that, uh, how that role plays out, he works circumstances out in our life, uh, and in our churches to, uh, mm-hmm. to do that. Um, uh, and so I've always been open to, uh, doing whatever needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, uh, uh, I think God calls us to a, uh, to, uh, to be a, uh, a herald of the gospel, um, and then where and how that takes place uh, is um, is not a big as big a deal mm-hmm. as the fact that we're called to be heralds of the gospel, and whether that's through 
uh, youth ministry, senior adult ministry, uh, discipleship ministry, administration, music. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's all. Um, we're, we're basically all doing the same thing right. uh, in different roles. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our church, visit welfarechurch.org. Blessings.